you need to get to know them while they're around. And uh, like I say, just been a, a real blessing. So let's, let's do that. Let's um, uh, uphold them in prayer. We have uh, many visitors, being that it's a Labor Day weekend, and have uh, some that are not here because they're traveling and they're away and from our own church home, but then others that are here, like uh, Brother Baker. You know, we got uh, Brother Baker from uh, Oklahoma City, and so it's good to have them and, and uh, some others this morning. It's a blessing to have you here. Take your Bibles and turn to Jeremiah chapter number 8, verse number 20. Jeremiah chapter 8. And verse number 20, if you open your Bibles to uh, Jeremiah, and uh, we'll kind of look at that, that whole chapter there in just a little bit, but we're just going to be uh, starting off with reading one verse, Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse number 20, because that's where we're going to be uh, focusing in on and, uh, and spending some time, Jeremiah eight twenty. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. The harvest is past, summer is ended, and we are not saved. Let's stop and pray, ask the Lord's blessings this morning. Lord, I pray that you just bless. I pray that these next few moments that you give us, Lord, that we would emphasize if just one thing, just one truth that is before us about the passing of time and how it's so, so quick. It, it's fleeting. Suddenly, it's over. This time that you've give us, given us here on earth. Lord, I pray that you'd emphasize things that you need to this morning for each one of us. Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us, that your, your spirit would indeed deal with every person here, believer, non-believer alike. Lord, I pray that you just uh, speak to our hearts. Lord, I pray that you just bless. In Jesus' name. What a great chapter, this chapter of Jeremiah. And, and uh, if you try to put this together in the context of Jeremiah as an uh, Old Testament prophet preaching to God's people, as many times they were, um, they were uh, disobedient and under chastisement. And as God was dealing with the entire nation, we read wonderful texts, wonderful full, um, uh, thoughts in, in this chapter, like verse number five, uh, talking about being backsliding. Um, this people of Jerusalem, they're slidden back by a perpetual backsliding. And, and uh, so here, you know, we learn about the, the subject of backsliding, that a, a believer, uh, somebody that knows the Lord could slide back, could, could uh, uh, go backwards instead of forward, instead of growing, instead of maturing, they could actually slide back. And we, we need to worry about that and be aware of that. Verse number 11, another text that you've heard over and over, but they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Uh, Jeremiah dealing with a word from God, and this is what God says about the chastisement or the judgment or, or the things that God has evaluated them, and there's others that are saying, no, no, it's okay, everything's fine. And it says that these false prophets, they help slightly. They heal the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly. Just a little bit. There's, there's some good in self-help books and uh, philosophies and different things, but that's not the need. That's not the, the ultimate. The ultimate is to, to understand what God says and where, what his evaluation is, even though others can, and other things and other positions and other uh, disciplines can help, but just a little bit. Just like so many people that try to 
get peace out of life. And they, they can get some peace. They can get some help with other things, but it's not uh, full. It's not, not, not total. And the, the next verse in verse 12, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Uh, nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. And uh, so here it talks about people that have gone beyond the place of uh, feeling their, their guilt and shame for their uh, sin, for their iniquity. And that's where we are in the society where so, so much of us are, the, uh, are right there as far as dealing with that. There are some great themes in this book. The verse that we started with, verse number 20, is a, a verse that, although in context it, it uh, fits everywhere, but it can be just looked at by itself, just like, like a proverb. You know, sometimes proverbs, you could take just one verse and then a thought there, and then you can develop it and you can uh, stay right there. And that's verse number 20, where it's a, it's a determination of where the children of Israel were as a nation before God. And he says, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. We are quickly coming to the end of this summer, 2018. Can you believe it's September already? September 2nd? It's just like I was looking forward to the beginning. I was the spring. I'm, I'm still in the spring in my mind. I'm thinking, man, there's summer's coming, and we're going to be able to do so many things and enjoy uh, the longer days. And I, I love summer. I just love summer. I really like all the seasons, but oh man, do I ever love summer? Love the the cool breeze of the evening, and I love the the long days. And uh, here we are. Summer's coming to a close. Labor Day. We're upon Labor Day. The, the days of summer are slowly abating because they're getting shorter. Ever since the summer solstice, longer and longer days, and then now shorter and shorter and shorter days. I can easily go into depression about thinking about that. I, I really can because I, I love, I, you know, all of the, the, the entire year I, I look forward to, and it begins somewhere in January, February, where, you know, it's dark, it seems like, the whole day through and just a little bit of sunshine and it gets dark and stays dark and then uh, it, it's a little bit uh, later in the day, it'll stay light later and it'll stay light later and up here it'll, it'll stay light in the longest of the days uh, into 10 o'clock, you could still see 10.30, you see, see the, the uh, uh, horizon. I love, I love the long days but once it, it goes past that precipice and then it begins to get shorter and shorter days, Oh, man, I just hate that. I, I hate it. As a kid, some, some kids love school. Hey, for our Christian school, starts Tuesday. How about that? Kids, how about that? Starting school Tuesday. Yay. <laughs> for some, no kidding, they're looking forward to it, and they're just excited, and there's a, yeah, it's school. And because they've been, you know, bugging mom all summer long, and there's nothing to do at home, and so, the, hey, with friends and, the, you know, challenges, and that's great, that's what, I wasn't like that. For me, school was like tribulation. <laughs> it was purgatory, you know, you have to go through that, and, you, and I just, I, I shouldn't say this, because I'm the administrator of a Christian school, but I hated school, I just did, I just hated school, and, and I used to look forward to the summer uh, um, vacation Two months, two and a half months with no school. <laughs> ah, wonderful. And 
no kidding, it was like this way in my own psyche, the way that I felt about things. I would look forward to that summer break and, you know, the beginning of summer, no school, didn't have to get up on Monday, and I was just so, so excited to have summer. But then the Tuesday after the first Monday, I started feeling bad because we had one less day of summer. (laughs) And every day it was two days less of summer, you know, three days less of the summer break, you know, four days. And then, and, and. Immediately, I'd begin to, to think, oh, no, I just got three weeks left or two weeks. And I, Tuesday, we start school Tuesday. Wow, wow. Temperatures are declining. I can remove my window air conditioner for the three days that I needed it this summer here. And uh, <laughs> things get cooler and cooler. And the time of summer production and fruit comes to a halt. I told you this before, folks. I planted a fig tree in my backyard, and I had a fig. A fig. And I ate it, and it was... Yes, thank you, thank you. (laughs) Green thumbs. My dad would would plant these fig trees in Chicago, and he brought them from the old country, and man, we had figs, and talk about figs. I mean, they were just wonderful. And the fresh figs are different than, like, you know... uh, uh, dried figs or fig newtons. Oh man, I don't know how a wonderful fig can turn into a fig newton. But anyway, um, you might like fig newtons, but uh, you know, and fresh figs are just something sweet and just, oh man. And, and uh, this year, no kidding, this year I planted a fig that someone gave me and it bore fruit, actual fruit, this little thing like this, and it's got fruit on it. And the first two figs that came of this came to fruition, big. Soft, ripe figs. I took the first two figs and I put, I mean, I, for years, folks, for years I've been trying to do this. I planted a fig tree out here on the property years and years ago. My dad brought it from Chicago and, and it just, I don't know, I never did make it. it but <clears throat> this thing actually produced fruit. I had two figs. And I, I took that first fig and I split it. Me and my wife had it. It was just I'm so wonderful. And I had the other fig in my fridge, and I'm going to eat this all myself. And my nephew and my niece that were here, they ate it. (laughs) I was going like, what happened? Where's my fig? But hey, I had fruit. No kidding. That was really cool. Summer is a great time. Summer is a time that brings forth fruit. I'm one to enjoy the time of summer. I don't know about you, but I, I... enjoyed the things that I did this. Did you do something this summer that you enjoyed? Did you do something this summer that you wanted to do, maybe wanted to do for a long time or looking forward to do and enjoyed? Maybe you went to the lake or maybe you took a vacation or maybe you, you visited something or you did something this summer. I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the summertime. There are clear seasons of life. If you're to take a look at a person's life and associate that with the seasons of uh, plants and, and fruit bearing and harvest. There are clear seasons of life. We've no doubt been touched by the celebration of a statesman and a leader, John McCain, this last week. Great men of character are noted and they're respected and they're eulogized. Throughout the celebrations of life, many of us have noted pictures of General McCain's earlier days. 
even before he was in the service of our country. And he was a, a young man once. And you see those pictures where he has uh, dark hair. He was a young soldier. And then a young commander. And a, then a seasoned politician. And then a declining and a dying man. Everyone has seasons. Has times in their lives where they were occupied with a certain position or a certain duty or a certain focus. And just as plants have their seed time, their sapling growth, their maturity, their fruit bearing, and then their decline, and then their death. The summer spoken by Jeremiah is the summer of opportunity. It's mirrored by the crop schedule because he, he uses the word harvest. The harvest is past. The summer is ended. See, summer is the time where if there will be any fruit bearing at all, it's going to be then in the summertime. If there's going to be any profit, any blessing, any fruit, it will be during the summer months. Summer is the time of opportunity. Our continued existence depends upon a harvest, a bountiful harvest. The harvest represents life, blessings, sustenance. All the hopes of a good harvest are empty. They're gone. They're void in the text. Jeremiah 8.20, the harvest is past. The summer is ended and we're not saved. He's saying everything that we hope for, our future, our life, our existence, it's gone. It's not there. It didn't produce. We have nothing. The harvest did not produce what we thought it could or what we thought it would. The time of fruit came and went and we're left hopeless. We're left with nothing. He's not talking about plants and farms here. He's actually talking about people. He's talking about the children of Israel. We can kind of look at us here also. Some things are true about our text that also ring true in our lives. Very simple message. Number one, everyone produces a harvest. Each one of us will bring forth fruit. The, the, the labor of what we've done, of the things that we've been involved with, we are going to bring a harvest. Everyone produces a harvest. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that means plant, whatever somebody plants, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall, reap of, the flesh, uh, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Everybody brings forth a harvest. The things that you're doing today, the things that you've been involved with over the days and months and years of your life, brings forth a harvest, brings forth fruit. Nobody is exempt from the harvest that they produce. But by the time that the tree is producing fruit, some may change their mind and their attitude but everyone gets what they plant. I can't in the middle of this that planting of the fig tree in my backyard and say, you know what, I'd rather not have figs. I'd rather have it produce peaches. It's not going to happen. Planted a fig tree, it's going to produce figs. 
Whatever it is that you plant, that's what you will sow. Everyone produces a harvest. Some have sown to the flesh, in mind, or in thought, or deed, or attitude, or your direction, the choices in your life. They've been carnal, they've been selfish. And that's what you do, and that's what you've been planting. That's where you've been emphasizing and focusing in on, and that's what you've been all about. Your harvest, your sowing, is, is carnal, or is of the flesh. And you're not going to stop the progression halfway through the harvest season. You can't say all of a sudden, after uh, months and months or years of your sowing to the flesh, you can't turn around and say, you know what, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like what it's, what it's producing now. I don't like what's coming from this, this uh, crop here that I've sown. Hey, you can't change it. Whatever you sow, that you will also reap. Fruit will come of it. Either carnal, fleshly, sinful, empty results, or godly. Eternal fruit. Blessed fruit. Lasting fruit. You'd better plan on the harvest that you plant. Because whatever it is that you've planted, that's what you will reap. Everyone produces a harvest. The thing about a harvest is that you'll always get much more than you plant. One uh, corn seed will produce ears of corn, hundreds of kernels. And that's the way it is. Whatever you, you plant, you'll get that back in spades. One patch produces bushels and bushels of harvest. Your choices return to you multiplied. See, the thing about this, about the harvest, it's not just negative, it's positive also. If you've planted, if, if you've uh, uh, sown to the Spirit, if you've, if you've uh, been interested in God's things and eternal matters, then that's what you'll receive also. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse number 2. Here's, I'm telling you what, this is a really cool story here where God in Deuteronomy chapter 27, chapter 28, God's telling the children of Israel, listen, if you do bad, this is what's going to happen. You're going to reap this kind of a harvest. You'll, you'll, you'll face this and you'll face that. If you do bad, if you go away, if you disobey, and if you read Deuteronomy chapter 27, it's just over and over and over again. It goes into all of the awful things that they'll receive. But then he says in Deuteronomy 28, verse number 1, and it shall come to pass... If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed uh, thou shalt, shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. And it goes on and on. Great chapter of blessings. In verse 2 he says, These things shall overtake thee. It's like somebody's pursuing. Like there's somebody after you. Like you've got somebody on your tail and you can't shake them. Whether it be a bad harvest or a good, good harvest, you're not going to be able to get away from the blessings that God will send your way if you obey and if you hearken and if you go God's way. They'll overtake you. You can't get away from it. You can't get away from God's blessings. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Sowing to the Spirit and sowing to God's uh, 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 concerns in your life. You'll get that kind of a harvest. But folks, 
If you, if you uh, reap to the flesh, you'll reap of the flesh corruption. Everybody produces a harvest, whether it be good or whether it be bad. You know, another thing about our text in Jeremiah chapter 8, and verse number 20, it talks about the harvest. The harvest is past, the summer is ended, he says, and we're not saved. Summer is gone before you know it. Gone. Hey, folks, isn't it true with your summer this year? I mean, it's the end of the summer. We're done. I mean, just about. We're going into the fall soon, and, and just like you said, the harvest is past, summer has ended. The, the summer is gone before you know it. Where did the summer go? <laughs> really? Are you surprised, as I am, that we're already into September? That's fast. It's just here, and it's gone. All the expectations, all the longings, all the, the anticipation, the waiting for the, the, the times, the summer, then is gone. Time goes quicker than anybody ever realizes it. It's only the watched pot that doesn't boil. Every other pot, we look away and boom, <laughs> it already happens. Well, how fast did that, did that come uh, along? Already, yeah, already. Already, summer is ended. Where did the time go? It's no wonder that James likens the span of our lives to be like a warm breath on a cold day. In James chapter 4, verse number 14, he says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor <coughs> that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. You know what he's talking about. On a cold winter day, you go outside and you can see your breath. How long can you see that breath? Just gone. Gone. They're gone. That's like our life. It's here. It's just such a short time. It's here for a vapor and then appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Job says, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. A machine that goes, zoom, 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 zoom. He says, my days are, are quicker than that. They just go on. The, the, the number of my days, is just, they just flee. Psalm 90, verse number 9. The psalmist says, for all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. Years, years of our life <coughs> condensed into one little story. A tale that is told. Days of our years are three score years and ten. A score is 20, so that's 70 years. He says an average lifespan, about 70 years. And if by reason of strength they be four score years, 80, yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. He goes on in verse number 12 of that, that passage. He says, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Our entire life is just like a, a tale that is told. It's done. It's gone. Hey, go to the nursing home and speak to some of the elderly folk there who have great wisdom and nobody's listening to them anymore. And ask them. And they'll tell you, it's just like yesterday. Where did the years go? My life is spent as, as a tale that is told. 
You know, I've known too many friends and loved ones who flew away, as he says. We're soon cut off and we fly away. They flew away too soon. I thought they'd have more time. I, I thought that they, they, they would have more opportunity, more days, more months, more years. Summer is gone before you know it. Folks, I'm telling you, summer is gone before you know it. The time of your opportunity, your choice, your decision, your vote, your chance is here, and it's gone before you know it. And it's over with. Everyone produces a harvest, and summer is gone before you know it. And you know what we find from this passage that we can gain is, you remember what he said in Jeremiah 8.20? Let's read it again. It says, the harvest is past. The summer is ended, and we're not saved. Too late is the worst sentence one can ever hear. It's too late. You can't do anything about it any longer. <clears throat> the opportunity is gone. It's over. There's nothing else you can do. It's too late. We missed it. There's no hope. When a person dies without Christ, they are lost. Do you understand what that means? They're lost without Christ. They're facing an eternal darkness ahead of them. Is, is that what you're going to hear? At the end of your life, listen, when summer is done and over and harvest is past, are you going to, to, to hear the same? Are you going to lament that we're still I'm not saved? the words that Jesus said that he would utter to those unfortunate souls are, depart from me. I never knew you. Lost. Guilty, to remain guilty. Unsaved. They missed out. No more grace, no more mercy, no more chance, no more pardon. No more forgiveness, no more redemption. The things that we sing about and rejoice about this morning, about Jesus saves. Jesus saves, but not for you. No, no, you're not saved. Harvest is past. The opportunity to say yes, the opportunity to receive is gone. No more chance. At this point, it's too late. And that's what Jeremiah is saying to these people. Hey, you're coming to the place where it's the end. Harvest is past, the summer's ended, and we're not saved. Too late. Multitudes will end up waking up in that courtroom. That celestial courtroom that the Bible tells us about. And, and their cry, maybe your cry will be, wait a minute. I thought I'd have some time to retrace my steps. I fully intended on getting saved. You know, I heard that preacher, and, and, and he encouraged us to be saved. He encouraged us to do something about our condition. And I understood that I needed Christ, and I, I intended on it. It never was settled in my heart. I never did have that peace. I always intended on being saved. But you'll get to the place, as Jeremiah is warning, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we're not saved. Your life will be played out before all to see. As the Bible discloses. Every choice. Every thought. 
Every failure, every sin, every transgression, every selfish grasp that you've ever had, the Bible says will come out and every man will be judged for who they are. 2 Corinthians 5.10 For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now, I know he's speaking to believers here, and that's a whole different uh, uh, application. But folks, the truth is, listen, everybody will be judged by the Almighty, the Holy One, for the things that we've done in our life, whether good or whether bad. The Bible warns us of these things. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 Jesus said, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Did you ever say something and say, well, I didn't know what I was saying. Hey, listen, you will give account for every word that's ever come across those teeth. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. God says, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who taketh his name in vain. You know, it's such a light thing. Today we have, we have uh, uh, blasphemy everywhere. You turn on any kind of media and you have blasphemy. There's, there's nothing shielded any longer. Like it's no big deal. Excuse me. It's one of the Ten Commandments that God says very clearly, He will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. You'll be judged by every idle word that's ever come out of your mouth. Every word? Yes. Preacher, you tell me that I'm going to be convicted by my own words? Yes, absolutely. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. Hidden things of dark. What do you think that is? Oh, yeah, maybe my brother doesn't know about this, and my mom or my wife or my husband didn't know about this, but years ago, this is what took place, and I've buried it. I, I, I'm, I, I just have to live with it. Something in the past is something gone, something I want to keep buried. It's not going to stay buried. You know what the Bible says right here? He'll bring to light the hidden things of darkness. It will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Then shall every man have praise of God. The counsels of the heart, that means your intentions. That means what you're thinking, even your thought life, will come to be judged. Don't you understand, sinner? We're in trouble if we're, we're going to be held accountable for who we are and what we've done. We're sinners by nature and sinners by choice. Revelation 20, verse number 12. Here's the, that scene that God unveils. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. According to their works. It's your life. It's my life. I'm held accountable for my life. You better run to Christ. You better run to the redemption that is, that is free in Jesus. Because you don't want to face your eternity with your sins that you'll be held responsible for. What a, what a great theme. What a wonderful thought that we can be saved, we can be pardoned from those deeds, from those sins, from those failures. 
Romans 2.16, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. The secrets of men. Folks, that's a scary, that's a scary thought. But the most awful realization will be in our text when he's dealing with these people and Jeremiah says, wait a minute, don't get to the place to where you hear these words. The summer is and the harvest is past, the summer is ended. We are not safe. It's too late. Too late. It's there is no more chance. There is more no more time. Harvest is past. You'll be righteously convicted. You'll you'll remain a guilty sinner. You've rejected your pardon. You're led out of the courtroom to be cast into the lake of fire forever. Forever, forever too late. That's a that's a terrible, that's an awful pronouncement. That That is an awful pronouncement. But hey, listen, listen. Summer's coming to an end. You and I know that. It's September 2nd. But I see sunshine still. Hadn't ended yet. We might have a few days of summer left. You know that? We might have a few more days where where we're going to have a warm breeze, a few more days of of fruit bearing, a few more days of opportunity, a few more days where, where, where we can, hey, listen, it hasn't ended yet. Not for us. Not for you. See, that's an awful, that's an awful realization that a person will come to the place where they hear the words, too late. It's not too late for you. Hey, you have opportunity. You have a chance right now. You don't have to go on and just face the, those, the, that awful pronouncement. Summer is past and we're not saved. The summer is quickly coming to a close. We know that, but we, we may have still some summer days before it's over. Folks, if you're here, if you're breathing, if you're still listening to the Spirit of God reasoning with your sinful heart, you're still able to choose to be saved before the end. Why? Friend, why would you not take this opportunity? What is it? That you're listening to in your ear, in your heart, that will tell you, no, no, put it off. Wait, you have tomorrow. You don't have tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Now, today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. That's all that God gives you. And summer hasn't ended yet. Not yet. You can't promise to be saved by next Sunday. You don't have that assurance. Proverbs 27.1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. But you do have today. You have today, right now. You can be saved before the end, before it's too late. Be wise. Take the opportunity now. Right now. Don't be one of the unfortunate that would hear those words in our text pronounced upon you. The harvest is past. The summer is ended and we're not saved. You know, I'm talking about salvation. And 
in a crowd like this, you know, there's many, many times somebody has grown up in a Christian home, has attended a good church, heard the gospel, <clears throat> memorized Bible verses, known all about Jesus and his pardon and, and can, can actually lead someone to Christ. But that doesn't make a person saved. They have to repent of their sin. They have to come to, to Christ themselves. They must receive any, to as many as received him. To them gave you power to become the sons of God. And you've never done that. You've never been born again. Listen, friend, this message for, is for you. This is for you. Right now, the Spirit of God is speaking to you and speaking very clearly. And you understand you, can, you will not stand before God and say, well, no, I didn't know. I, 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 I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. No, 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 no. The Spirit of God is speaking to you right now and telling you this is the day. Get saved. Don't put it off. Don't go to the place to where it's too late. Don't, don't be in that condition to where it's no, no more is there an offer of pardon or mercy or grace or forgiveness or salvation. No, no, this is the day. And, and, and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart. But <clears throat> there's many believers here. And you know the, the verse that we used in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10? Let's look at that again. 2 Corinthians 5.10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. See, he's talking to believers here at this point. He says, we must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. He's talking about the opportunities of, of service for the Lord, the things that you can do for him, the things that, the, the things that you can earn, the treasures that you can earn that are everlasting. They don't, they don't uh, uh, rust or, or are stolen or, or uh, fade away. No, no. You can, you can actually... Uh, serve the Lord and, and, and uh, earn eternal rewards. It's for believers. One life is all that you have. It will soon be passed. That's what it, uh, that saying goes. Only what's done for Christ will last. That's what he's talking about here. Hey, go ahead and, and, and take advantage of that. Go ahead and, and this is the summer. And it, hey, listen, if you're listening to, to my voice, it hadn't ended yet for you. It's not over yet for you. Oh, no, but you got a lot of people that are, hey, I know the Lord, been knowing the Lord, but I'm kind of just uh, uh, floating along. I'm not growing in my walk. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm, I'm not where I ought to be. <coughs> and listen, the Spirit of God is speaking to you just as much. You know, Jesus talked about a, 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 a parable, a story of, of uh, someone who, went out and hired people into his field. And he's talking about believers working for the kingdom of God there, actually. And he says, early in the morning, he went out and hired people and got them out working. And then later on, he came back to the, to the marketplace. There was some still that, that uh, they didn't read the memo. And so he came, he hired them. He says, man, we, we've got a job to do. And later on, he came, and later on, and later on. And it says, he, he did this in the morning at noon and till, till it was almost the end of day. And he says, he goes back into the marketplace and there were those Standing in the marketplace idle, had their, their hands in their pockets. And he says, what are you doing? And, well, no man has hired us. The question is, why stand you all the day idle? Don't you understand? Don't you understand? Summer is going to be ended. There's not going to be any more opportunity to serve, to live, to glorify God. And, and folks, we've got those in this congregation, in this room right now, that are standing all the day idle. Hey, summer is not ended for you. 
you can decide. You can make it count. You can today, right now, today, it doesn't matter. Hey, who cares what has gone on in the past? Today, you can glorify God. From here on, you can say, I'm the Lord's. I'm going to choose for him. I'm going to serve him. Hey, listen, harvest is not over and past for you yet. You can, you can honor God right now. Hey, folks, all of us, let's understand Simple truths from our text. Everyone produces a harvest. Summer is gone before you know it. Too late is the worst sentence one can hear. You don't have to hear that. All right? Summer's not ended for you. Not yet. Let's do something about it. Every head bowed. Nobody looking for just a moment.